Hello everybody, and welcome once again to Detect and Protect, the Australian Biosecurity Podcast. I'm your guest host, Casey Baines, and today we continue our special series celebrating last year's 30th anniversary of the Biosecurity Detected Dog program. The program plays a vital role in the interception of biosecurity risks in the airport, mail and cargo environments. The Detected Dog's excellent agility and super noses makes them one of our most effective and lovable detection methods. Continuing our celebrations for last year's milestone, we reach out to some of the department's current biosecurity detected dog handlers to hear some of their stories. Our guest for today's podcast is Sarah Tibbetts. Sarah first worked as a kennel hand for the biosecurity detected dog program in Sydney. From there, her interest in the program grew, eventually becoming a detected dog handler for the department. She has since progressed her career and is now a technical supervisor for the detected dog operations team in Sydney. In today's episode, she outlines the role of a technical supervisor and how to maintain both handler and detector dog proficiency and motivation. Sarah also talks us through our multi-handling detector dogs who aren't always paired with the same handler. She also covers using different techniques for keeping our detector dogs motivated to work, including using lots of energy and enthusiasm for the dogs to feed off. Our detector dogs and handlers work in a fast paced and energetic environment, so no more hanging around from me either. Let's hear from Sarah. Could, could you start us off um, by just outlining how you joined the Detected Dog program, um, what region you're in and what your current role is now? So I joined the dog unit after having worked at the quarantine kennels and I was okay. also looking after the Detected Dogs at the kennel. So I was a kennel oh, attendant nice. for two to three years first and that is part of what sparked my interest in joining the dog unit. So I'm oh. currently at Sydney in Sydney mm -hmm. and uh, one of the team leaders there. Right okay cool and um, starting as a kennel hands um, was there something specific about um, the quarantine or biosecurity dogs depending when you started that drew you to us or? Yeah really. so I think just working with them day in day out and knowing them at the kennels I really was quite interested in what they were like at work and how different they were. Right. So the dogs at the kennels, they can be a bit more laid back than what they are at work. At work, they yeah. were very driven uh, when I got to see them and that really interested me how they could have such a change once they were in work mode. Right. So, yeah. Can, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Um, just um, it seems people might see a dog sitting in a crate, the second they pop out of the crate, they're instantly straight into working. Can you elaborate sort of the thought process that goes through a dog's mind for that? Yeah, so when the dogs, when they are at work, they have learnt that being in the crate is their rest time. And mm -hmm. as soon as they come out of that crate, it is time to work. And they love work so much. They, It, it really does drive them. And yeah. our job is just to continue motivating them and having fun with them to do the job that they so easily can do. So right. I think there is a misconception that dogs in the crates, it's not the best thing, but it's that they know that it's their break. And then as yeah. soon as they come out, they are ready to rock and roll yeah, and start sure. working. Awesome. So um, maybe we'll start, I assume you went through as a handler rather than straight to a supervisor at the airport. Um, did you have a few specific dogs that you worked with while you were a handler? Yeah, so when I first started as a handler, I was working a few different dogs just to mm -hmm. kind of build up my skill set. So uh, I've, 
each week I would change dogs uh, across the team that I was assigned to. So I got to learn briefly that dog and Mm -hmm. their little behaviours and traits. And then once I was a bit more proficient as a handler, I was assigned a dog every three months, which was great. Um, It's different having a dog from week to week to them being assigned a dog for a period of time. You learn different training styles to work with them um, and definitely different personalities and a different bond with each dog depending on how long you're with them. So I was assigned Detector Dog Jewel for it ended up being, I think, about 18 months, and she mm-hmm. was my girl. She was yes. amazing. I We had such a great bond, and even now I, I, that I don't work her, she still knows me and recognises me, gets very excited. It's very cute. Ooh. So that bond never goes once you've been working a detector dog, which is great. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it was amazing working her. She definitely is a big sweetheart and she okay. thrived on lots of praise and encouragement from me and yeah. a, a perky voice and lots of excitement. <laughs> that was her thing. Yep. She got very, uh, she was very motivated when I was giving lots of praise and encouragement while she was working. So. That's one thing that some of the other handlers that I've talked to have said um, is the dog always has the same sort of mood. You, if you show up to work and you're Debbie Downey or you're having a bad day, the dog will pick up on that. Um, definitely. Yeah. Then, you, yeah, vice versa. Yeah, definitely you need to – that is the one thing that you need to show up every day and be motivated to work your dog because if yeah. you – like everyone has their down days, but then that will also be noticed by the dog. They'll pick up on – your mood so you definitely need to be very enthusiastic very motivated each day even though it sometimes can be hard but definitely when you're working with the dogs it's also easy to do because there's so much fun to work with the dogs (laughs) for sure um and working with jill do you have one sort of go-to story or one interesting find that you usually tell people um i don't i've found so many crazy things at the airport I think the most interesting find I had with a new detector dog extra he alerted to a hold bag from a passenger and they had barbecued guinea pig in their bags (laughs) so I mean not my choice of uh, delicacy but uh, (laughs) Yeah. yeah he it was meat product that yeah he alerted to so that was a a really interesting uh strange find that he had yeah Um, another highlight I guess would be just the amount of finds that I had with one of the detector dogs so I had detector dog Innes for about nine months and he was on fire one day and I think he found about 17 different items like separate seizures wow. so that was a, yes. a pretty impressive day at, to find that many things well. in a work day so yeah. yeah that was pretty fun he had a lot of rewards that day <laughs> <laughs> very true um can you um maybe elaborate a little bit about how our reward system works and um how... Sorry, can you say that again oh can you elaborate a little bit about how our reward system works and how we can keep our dogs um incentivized to keep working for us 
Yes. So one of the ways that we reward the dogs uh, is with food. So we will bridge the dogs and then they know that food is coming. So we would do that when they have responded correctly to biosecurity risk material. So uh, that can either be a little bit of dog food, some treats that we have, something yummy to keep them motivated to keep looking for biosecurity risk material. So that's one way. And then we can also reward the dogs with a dummy. So it's essentially a wrapped up towel, which sounds boring, but they absolutely love it. So (laughs) um, we play fetch with them, tug. They do a variety of things. Sometimes even just them holding it and parading around is (laughs) like they just love that. And just showing all the other handlers, like, look what I've got, this little yeah. toy. So um, that's the two ways that we can reward them. So definitely mm. changing up how we reward them and our voice and our presence, that definitely keeps them motivated and training, varying up how we train and uh, do any sort of maintenance work with the dogs that yeah. that keeps them motivated. So. Cool. And then I guess um, judging on your experience and now you're a supervisor, um, if we jump to handlers, can you have a think and maybe tell us what you think makes a good detective dog handler? Uh, Definitely good motivation and lots of energy and enthusiasm to be doing what you're doing because it is a hard job. It is, we make it look easy, but it is a very rewarding, but very hard, <laughs> not hard yeah. job, but um it is tiring. It is yeah. It it does take a lot out of you. And so definitely having lots of motivation and enthusiasm. Um critical thinking I think also is important because you mm-hmm. need to be able to quickly think of how to problem solve if the dog is yeah. giving you a behavior that you may not be expecting or um something that you're not used to. So being able to respond quickly to that is definitely helpful. Um, There are so many things that are great, but, yeah, definitely (laughs) motivation, thinking, enthusiasm, yeah. For sure. Well, talking about the critical thinking, it's interesting. I was talking to one of our old handlers from the 90s and he was saying that um, he took it, I guess, to the extreme to some people, but... He walked the baggage hall and tried his best to understand the air patterns so then he could understand where the air would end up for the dogs to sniff out the best things. So um, that, that's the sort of thing that people probably don't even realise. They think, oh, you just put a dog on a lead and wait for it to find something. But it's definitely a team, um, our detective dogs and handlers, working together to find the best best solution for us. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Dogs, are, their noses are so incredible. Um, the things that they can pick up, the lightest odours um, and following scent trails from a passenger's bag that is moved from the baggage hall area all the way through to the SEA and the dogs picking up on it straight away yeah. and following that. It's, it is actually really cool to see. Yeah. Is, is that something that you get, um, a scent that might be so strong it's residual on or in yeah. other areas? And how do you deal with that? Sorry, can you repeat that? So how do you deal with that um, if it is so strong? So normally the dog, like, will have the passengers go and we're that. 
we have the passengers line up and then yep. the dogs will typically screen them. But if it, one of the dogs is insistent that they want to go to a passenger's bag, uh, we just let them go. Like we let them work. Yep. Um, pretty much trust your dog. Your dog is trained and knows exactly what it's doing. So if yeah. it is pulling you and saying, let, we have to go to, and check that bag or that parcel, you just <laughs> let your dog do it um, yeah. to a degree, as long as it's safe. So, and then normally your dog will be, will be correct. So. Yeah. Um, that's another thing I find out is also trust your dog to keep running. Yes. Definitely trust your dog. I mean, every now and again, they might try and get one over you. But really, once you have that bond and trust with your dog, you can read that dog's behaviour and you know that yeah. they are correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, so can you sort of elaborate now your role, role as a supervisor and what that entails? Yeah, so I have been a team leader now or a technical supervisor for yeah. about two years now. So that involves providing technical advice to the handlers. So whether it be just simple training advice or if we uh, notice anything that the dog is doing and then we might just raise it with the handler. Um, it's also encouraging handlers to maintain the deployment guidelines so the handlers obviously go on a handler course and train to deploy the dogs in a certain way. So yep. we just ensure that they are following that. Mm -hmm. It also involves um, managing and monitoring the dog's proficiency. So just ensuring yep. that they are finding uh, biosecurity risk material with the uh, target odours. So essentially, we are just ensuring that the dogs are maintaining their proficient proficiency so um and then ensuring that the handlers are keeping on top of that also it also okay. involves uh liaising with different stakeholders so when you're at the airport you also need to be ensuring that you're not only talking with departmental staff but other agencies just to ensure that they know what we're doing and um yeah and that's the same at mail also yeah for sure um, it, it's really interesting that you mentioned um, maintaining the dog's proficiencies because um, if we just have a detected dog and we leave it in the kennel or leave it not working for a certain period of time, you can imagine that they can, don't come back and instantly hit all the sense that they need to. It's really, um, we're lucky that it's a rewarding career as a dog to work because they keep wanting to work and keep learning. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, really so, and that's the thing sometimes. They might just, they know the odours, but they might just be a little bit rusty on responding to them straight away. Yeah. So we just ensure that they are definitely at the level where they need to be. And mm -hmm. we do actually perform odour verifications twice a year to ensure that the dogs right. yeah. are responding to all the target odours that they are supposed to be. Yeah, for sure. Um, so obviously the department's just done a big recruitment round for detective dog handlers. Um, do you think or do you have any advice for people that might be coming through now to start joining our workforce in the future? Uh, definitely, if you're joining through the department, uh, definitely have a chat to any of the dog teams or the team leaders. Mm -hmm. If you're already, yeah, if you're already working in the department, please come and chat to us. We are more than happy to let you guys know exactly what we're doing 
give you any tips, let you uh, come and watch the dogs where possible so you can get an idea of how we work and what is required. If you're coming from outside the department, uh, definitely try and get as much dog experience as you can, whether it be at kennels or at training clubs, anything like that, just to kind of build on your experience and knowledge. Obviously, you don't have to have or be the most experienced in the dog world to be able to make a good dog handler. Um, You do receive training um, once you get through the recruitment process. Mm -hmm. So, but definitely I encourage you to work with either detector dogs or dogs in any way and just learn dog behaviour. I think that's really quite important. Yeah, yeah, a good understanding of, um, and you said critical thinking, just those together. Um, is a great start. Yeah. Um, Obviously, we are celebrating the 30th anniversary of the program this year. Um, Do you have your own vision or what what do you think the program might look for for a 40th anniversary in 10 years' time? Oh, wow. I have no idea, (laughs) if I'm honest. Um, Wow. That is is a very interesting question. Yes, a big question. 10 10 years' time, I... (laughs) Who knows even where I'm going to be in that time? (laughs) I definitely think that it would be great if we can continue moving into different areas Mm. uh, of screening. So the dogs have just transitioned into the baggage hall area, so along the carousels at the airport. Mm. So that has been an amazing step forward. So continuing that, I think also continuing into the future, getting out more to the cargo environment and cruise vessels. I think if in the next few years to 10 years, if the dogs can be continually progressing the areas that they can screen, that would be amazing and highly motivational for the dogs and the handlers. Um, That's possibly the biggest advantage about the dog is that they're so mobile, they're so quick and so effective. we have a giant x-ray unit sitting in the airport, for instance. It's not particularly easy to pick that up and take it to a, to a wharf, but you can pick a dog up and drive it off to the wharf and it'll essentially do the same job in sniffing out pests and diseases. So, Exactly. The dogs yeah. are so mobile and it is really like a really quick screening tool to get through mm-hmm. mass screening. So yeah, they, they really are an amazing tool to, to use and for something – for the department to have under their tool belt, it's it's amazing. Yeah, for sure. Um, that was all of all the questions I specifically had for you. Um, do you have maybe a, a funny story or something a dog did or, or something that you, you might want to finish on? Oh, funny story. But they all do really cheeky things, but <laughs> I'm just trying yeah. to think of one that narrows it down. <laughs> um. Funny story. I, I don't know. Now that I'm, I'm put on the spot, I can't yeah. just trying to think. Give me a, give me a second. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. What have some other people done? So just like make me think along the same well, lines. Nothing particular. Um, there was one of the interesting finds was one side of the baggage hall completely and then five minutes later of a beagle sniffing the floor it ended up next to a person with the smallest of leaves stuck in their shoes in their shoelaces 
Um, okay, I've got a good like one. I've got a good one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I remember when I was on my handler course, so very yeah. new, still, I, I think it was the end of the course and we were just finishing mm. up and we still had beagles at that time. Yeah. And so I was working detector. Oh, I think I was just watching uh, detector dog Andy work by another yeah. handler and he was screening the passengers as he was going up and down the lines and he was adamant that he wanted to pinpoint on this particular bag and he went like a mountain goat and jumped on top of all of this baggage that was stacked so high, like up to my shoulders, and he responded to the bag. So he sniffed and then he sat and he was sitting on top of all these bags and it was just absolutely <laughs> hilarious. And it was amazing because he was correct too. So oh, good on him. it was it was very funny to watch. And we were kind of like, what is going on? And but we trusted the dog and we re-rewarded yeah. him and it was correct. So no. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. that was pretty funny. The Beagles, um, they were very funny to work. They yeah. very, very driven dogs. <laughs> Um, given you've had experience with beagles, are there specific differences between the beagles and the Labradors or, or different ways you might work them or something like that? Uh, I found that working beagles, they are very tenacious. When they yeah. got onto an odour, there was no taking them, not that you would take them off an odour, but yeah. they were like on it. Where a Labrador, yeah. while great workers, they are also people pleasers. So yeah even though they might know the target odours, they'll be a bit like, oh, you know, uh, is that it? Yes, yes. Where a beagle was like, that is it. Yeah, that's <laughs> Reward <true>. me already. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely um, the different uh, working styles. Yeah, definitely mm-hmm. the beagles are more tenacious, more very robust, hardy little things. Just get get in, get the job done quickly. Uh, pint-sized little things and Labradors are these big beautiful majestic dogs working (laughs) so (laughs) um but but you're right they're people pleasers so um they're there and they work with and please their handler which is amazing and one of the other I guess good things about um, Labradors that might have changed your story if it was Labrador instead of a beagle is just their stature they can they can stand up and sniff the top of a bag rather than having to climb up over little things so yes definitely yeah. labradors have been a lot uh, easier to work in that respect because yeah. they don't have to climb on top of bags and if they're yeah. responding to someone's say backpack or something high up they just yeah. go up on their back legs they're not touching any passengers or really any yeah. bags uh which is quite useful and then yeah. also within the male environment being able to have them work between both locations uh, it's yeah. a really way great way to utilize them For so sure. yeah yeah that, that's one of the good things when COVID hit and we instantly dropped all of our passenger numbers we could keep working the dogs in the male centers and, and exactly exactly yes yeah. it worked it, that worked very well you didn't have to worry about managing the beagles and their proficiency yeah. so yeah okay i think that's everything unless you had anything else you wanted to add no i think yeah i think that's all thank you so much for oh, having me you. and letting me talk <laughs> i'm definitely always interested to talk to people in our program and just hear your insights because um every single person that i've talked through through this interview process has such amazing stories um, and we're glad we can share them so yeah, no, the dog unit is, it's very fun and yeah. 
a really great place to work. Like who wouldn't want to work with dogs every day? Exactly. It'd <laughs> yeah. be crazy not to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thanks so much, Sarah. We'll talk to no you No worries. Later. See ya. Um, Bye. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Detect and Protect. You can find out more information on the department's website or by visiting biosecurity.gov.au. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast series to get updates on future topics and learn more about Australian biosecurity. Also, be sure to follow us on our social media pages. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. and We'll catch you on the next episode of Detect and Protect.